hot flashes, mood swings, aches, pains, and oh, that ever-increasing waistline. Listen, have no fear. Dr. Mary Claire Haver is here, and she is taking control of menopause. And And this this is Chick to Chick. I'm going to be honest. I'm completely fangirling right now because the (laughs) doctor that we have on today... I just Mm -hmm. love her. She has completely changed how I have handled menopause. My best friend introduced me to her. Uh, She had been following her for a while, but I found her on Instagram. And I'm telling you, she's fantastic. Well, you told me about her. Then I started following her and it made so much sense. I'm a little bit farther in the journey now than you are. I know. (laughs) But the things that she said, I'm like, oh. You wish you would have known. That's what that was. Why didn't anybody tell me that that wasn't me being crazy? Mm -hmm. It was menopause, that nobody is taking the time to explain things to us. Nobody's taking the time to go, oh, this is what this, and that's why that's happening. Yeah. But so we're so grateful that this doctor is with us today to explain all of it. Yes. So I'm introducing you all now. If you have not found her on social media, you have to do it. Dr. Mary Claire Haver. She is with obstetrics and gynecology. So she knows a woman's body. And not only that, she's a certified menopause specialist through the Menopause Society. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here today, Dr. Haver. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you, doctor. So let's just cut to the chase and start at the very beginning here. What is menopause and what happens to a woman's body, perimenopause, menopause, and then postmenopause? Postmenopause, sure. So menopause is signifies multiple things. You know, bio, biochemically, it is the end of the production of sex hormones from our ovaries. So what most people don't understand, and one of the biggest messages I like to share is different than males, females are, human females are born with all of our eggs. They, um, and they're in our ovaries. And then throughout our lives, we start losing those eggs through degradation and then through ovulation as well. So by the time we're 30 years old, we are down to about 10 percent of our egg supply and then by the time we're 40 we're down to about three percent and not only is the numbers decreasing but the quality of those oocytes are decreasing as well so the job of ovulation so the reason why we ovulate and that we have these normal reproductive cycles if you're a healthy female is that you have these these surges coming from the brain from the pituitary and the hypothalamus glands that are sending chemical signals to the ovary saying ovulate estrogen levels are low we need to make some more let's get an egg out this month okay and when those signals aren't being heard as well the hearing of the ovary is going <laughs> starting to get a little wonky so the brain is like hey I sent that signal, where are you? So ovulation might get a little bit delayed, then it gives you a burst of those stimulating hormones, and then all of a sudden you explode an egg out. And so perimenopause, that begins in perimenopause. That is what we call in medicine, the zone of chaos, okay? So we have normal reproductive cycles pre-menopause from our first period, you know, from puberty until we start going through perimenopause. So perimenopause is when the body is saying, hey, This normal kind of ovarian surge each month is starting to get a little harder and I'm having to work harder in order to get my estrogen levels produced. And the body recognizes this in multiple different ways. What we've learned in modern menopause medicine is that there are estrogen receptors in every single organ system of our body and that 
the expression of these menopausal symptoms are different from woman to woman. We all know about the hot flashes and the night sweats, and we're learning more about sleep disruption and mental health changes and mood swings and, you know, anger and, and all those things. We know that our bones get weaker. We know that our cardiovascular disease risk increases. So the average age of menopause in the U.S. is 51 years of old, meaning the ovaries have let go of all of their eggs and we, we will never have again production of estradiol or progesterone or testosterone from the ovary for the rest of our lives. That begins your postmenopause and lasts until you die. Commonly recognized symptoms like the hot flashes, they're kind of characteristic because you can't blame them on anything else, right? Only really with tuberculosis, which thank God most of us don't have, is going to cause that kind of a hot flash. So when women are flashing, as 85% of us do, we know that that's a menopausal symptoms. But where in the new book, where the, like the, the science is coming is, hey, it's happening in your ear. It's happening in your kidney. It's happening in your lungs. It's happening in your brain. You know, and so that is where the exciting, like, science is coming out where we can really start helping women outside of just treating hot flashes. Okay. So with all of that said, I'm also a little bit confused because I knew I did read a little bit in, in your new book that's coming out that you talk about the age of the ovaries versus mm -hmm. the age of the person. And you know, I'm just sitting back here thinking when I was in my later forties and I'm thinking, what is going on with me? I thought I was like too young, but if you're looking at that age differential, explain what that means. Sure. So the ovaries age, the endocrine aging of the ovaries, they age twice as fast as the rest of our bodies. And so, you know, it's really medically, we call it ovarian failure. I know that term triggers some women, you know, they don't want to feel like a failure. <laughs> um, so we're calling it ovarian retirement or um, ovarian completion. But when that perimenopause begins, it's seven to 10 years before your period stops. So if average is 51, normal is 45 to 55. So for some women, do the math, 45 minus 10 is 35. You can expect somewhere in your late 30s, early 40s for your body to start not functioning the way that it did um, in your premenopausal era. And I think that's where we are missing the boat of being able to intervene and counsel and give women reassurance, you know, and offer solutions is in that perimenopause journey. You know, I'm starting to feel like, wait a minute, we, we don't have a period until we're 13, 10 to 13. So we only have like 10 to 13 years of our lives. Peace, that's peace. There's peaceful. <laughs> and so, so we start menstruating and then it stops. All that and then you got all these symptoms going on. Geez, I'm feeling gypped right now. You said something about uh, the the egg production starts going down. You know, so many women are waiting longer and longer to have children and they're going through infertility. I went through infertility. I didn't have my son until later in life. Does that have an impact on menopause and when it starts because of all of the infertility drugs and all of the treatments? So when we hyperstimulate the ovary, um, you know, and the studies have been done, you will lose some of the time, the natural, you know, your natural menopause will back up. And it really depends on how long you were on the medications, how many cycles you went through. But when you super ovulate someone, we are, you know, giving you medication to force you to ovulate for multiple eggs um, so that they can harvest them and then use them for reproductive, you know, whether you're getting IVF or not. So... Um, those women who've had multiple, so the more intervention you've had that caused this hyperovulation, the short, you know, the closer it's going to push your window of your menopause. 
I was going to also add to that, you know, uh, birth control, and there's all different types of birth control now. Does that have any effect on a woman's uh, menopause and the symptoms they experience? It does. Not so much the symptoms, okay. but the time. So the longer you suppress ovulation, you get a little more shelf life of that ovary because we weren't trying to ovulate them as much. Now, it's not a huge amount of time. It's in the matter of months, probably. But oral contraception for long periods of time does seem to delay your natural menopause by just a little bit. Hmm. So you talked about the common symptoms that we know are associated with menopause, the hot flashes, the mood swings, the night sweats and things like that. But there are some other symptoms that I experienced that I did not realize until I started listening to you mm. that it was linked to menopause. My hips were killing me. I had bursitis. My hips were killing me. I couldn't sleep at mm -hmm. night. I'd be on one side aching, flip to the other side. I actually thought it was my mattress until I went and slept on other mattresses and this pain wouldn't go away. And then my friend said to me, oh, you're walking around in cheap sneakers, get better sneakers. <laughs> so I got better sneakers. I remember that. I remember that. Pain, yeah. so pain, And I had that too. And to add to that, I had pain in my thumb joint and then I had it in my elbow and then it radiated and moved to my hip and I'm limping and I'm thinking, this is absurd. Okay, 80% of women 80% will have musculoskeletal syndrome of menopause. Hmm. Our joints and bones have a tremendous amount of estrogen receptors and estrogen serves as an anti-inflammatory hormone and it improves elasticity. So when those levels start dropping in perimenopause, our bones and joints will usually let us know. And for 20% of those women, it is the most dis life disrupting symptom that they're going to have. This is something I learned when I got into the menopause space because I didn't know about that research. Mm -hmm. No one had put it in front of me. And until 10,000 women's comments on social media kept saying over and over again, frozen shoulder, frozen shoulder, hip pain, back pain, joint pain. I started digging and thought, my God, we're not talking about this. No, we're not. And why not? And every time I post about it, the internet explodes. Why aren't we talking about it? And yeah. why wasn't that brought to my attention when I expressed concerns about it? And some of these other symptoms, too. Because the doctors too. don't know, like me. I was one of the best trained obstetrician gynecologists. I went to one of the most fantastic programs. I was a hell of an obstetrician, I'll tell you that. And... We have an education pro problem. You know, there's a multi-systemic effect of how we got to where we are today in menopause medicine. One, we are not prioritizing menopause care. We're treated like men with breast and uteries and ovaries. You know, like, like mm -hmm. nothing about our bodies is different except for our sex organs, okay? Our sexually derived organs. This is not true. Look at the data on cardiovascular disease. So we're not... Mm -hmm teaching proper menopause medicine and education. I myself, so I'm older, um, I'm 55. So I went through medical school in my late 20s and residency in my early 30s. Um, I had maybe an hour of menopause lecture in mm. all four years of medical school, one hour. I did a four year obstetrics and gynecology residency at a very well-known institution. I got maybe six hours in a four year curriculum. And this was across the board, okay? Hmm. Menopause was just little old lady stuff, a few hot flashes, give her the hormone, you know, and after the WHI, any meaningful research went out the window for an entire generation mm -hmm. after the, the, you know, hysteria of the WHI. 
And so the way society views women and aging women, the way, you know, it's just coming at us from so many different angles. And now that I'm here, I am not going to put up with this. I am living my best life. I am reading the most recent articles. I am sharing as much as I can on social media so that I can empower women to make informed healthcare decisions for themselves. And by I the way, 55 her. is not old. No. <laughs> it's not I even close think, to I being so old. I thought so 30. You're not. <laughs> so yeah. I know. And this is amazing. And I just love your tenacity. And I love your honesty. I love the way that you're approaching this. And this is, this is when social media is amazing, right? When we yeah. learn about all this. So as we, as we wrap this up, um, when, when should a woman really start pressing their doctor about symptoms that they weren't thinking are menopausal and, and how do they start that conversation so they can get the ball rolling? So it's complicated because again, it's, it's a factor of they're probably not educated. If you're following the menopause posse, what I call the menopause on social media, you might know more than they do about menopause at this point. I have some resources on my website. It's free. It's called the menopause empowerment guide, a list of questions, labs to ask for, how to advocate, how to find menopause educated providers, online resources, telemedicine that might be helpful. It's a little bit of a needle in the haystack right now. And you cannot expect that your fabulous OB-GYN who delivered your babies and grave, you know, kept you from being pregnant when you didn't want to be and took care of all your gynecologic needs has the time or the tenacity to do what I've done. I was that doctor. I was great at OB. I did fantastic pap smears, but we cannot expect that a 15 minute Legs in the stirrups, well woman exam <laughs> is adequate menopause care. Preach that it. is ridiculous. <laughs> and insurance is not paying for it. Right. So right. dig deep. You're worth it. Prioritize your own health care. Use the resources I have available. Go telemedicine if that's your only option. You know, we, we have resources for you. And what is your website for women who want more information? Thepauselife.com. Love it. Amazing. Dr. Haver had so many good things to say, but we're not done with this conversation because we're going to continue it in next week's podcast when she is going to tackle some other issues like treatments mm -hmm. that are available and and what's going on when women are postmenopausal. Yeah, she has so much more. You are not going to want to miss this. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, do us a favor, head over to our YouTube channel, like and subscribe until we're back to chirp about another topic.